As our society reckons with issues of racial disparity and mental health, RIT's Counseling and Psychological Services is working to address some of the unique mental health challenges facing RIT students of color. In today's episode of Intersections, the RIT podcast, three mental health therapists who identify as people of color, Odessa Despot, Isabel Chandler, and Jamie Castillo, discuss issues related to mental health stigma, the impacts of racism and racial trauma, and ways to support those experiencing mental health issues. What is it about mental health specifically in Black and Brown communities that is so important to address or why is it why is there so much stigma why why is it so important to that we specifically address mental health in these communities so when we talk about mental health we're talking about parts of ourselves or our identities our self-esteem our feelings of belongingness when i think about mental health i think about all of these pieces of self right that um people bring into the room of belonging, of like how that experience is then talked about, what do we do with that? And we've talked about this. We like each of us has talked about how we've been microaggressed, (laughs) racial trauma that we've experienced. I mean, I think we'll color bring that into a room when you're with them. Yeah. And especially now, like to add like to to students, like the the stress of having the, you know, typical college student experience, which is stressful Mm -hmm. enough. And then also a lot of students, especially as students of color who are like, feeling the need to have to be activists, right? Like how do you balance schoolwork with also trying to like this summer be out there for the protests or actively do things within their clubs, their school, their dorms, whatever, to actively dismantle a lot of racist systems that are still in place. Isabel, one of the things that you asked, or like one of the questions was, why is it important to address this? with their black and brown communities. So here at RIT, because the students literally wrote it on the quarter mile, right? Like it matters, we, we matter, right? And that's right in front of us. And we're in a really unique position as therapists here, as outreach people, as people who are embedded in different uh, spaces on campus, that we have a privilege of being able to understand some of these really complex sociocultural experiences because A, we've experienced them firsthand growing up. I'm first-generation American, but I have a distinct memory in first grade writing my name on a piece of paper when we're learning our middle names and looking around the room and being like, nobody's middle name here looks like mine, has the letters in this order like mine does. And I remember pretending like I didn't know what my middle name was because it wasn't John or Paul or Michael and being like, I don't know what my middle name is. And, and like, I didn't like think about that until it came back to me years later. Like, these are things that we, you know, develop and it kind of comes back into the present moment of, of like being in a unique position to be able to say, I hear these stories of students. They're telling us these things in their most vulnerable places. We also have a skill set to be able to take that information and and be able to make it something in the community, to be able to make a difference, right? To be able to organize, be able to use resources, to be able to say, we see that, we hear that, we want to make a difference here. And that's not easy. Now we've, I mean, organizing Black Mental Health Matters um, with Isabel and Grace and Odessa being part of that, it's like, that wasn't easy either. But we had to recognize, like, we've had unique experiences. Our students are calling for this. 
And we have to break out of our comfort zones and create something that was never here before because the students are asking for it. They put that work in already. And, and if they're kind of like saying, hey, we started this foundation. Yeah, we're listening. We're like, all right, we can help you here. We hope it really kind of connects us to the community and, and just, you know, working with the students, just hearing their what they've experienced and, and feeling so quickly, oh my gosh, how much we have had similar experiences that no other students who don't identify as black or brown don't have to deal with, like you mentioned, Isabel, right? Like never had to worry about if I don't protest, this could negatively impact my life. This could lead to further discrimination. So it's a completely different stress added on to the pandemic, added on to finding a co-op, added on to everything else. Yeah. And I would even add to that, like even on a larger scale, right? Like when we talk about like, well, why is it so important specific to this community, especially the black community is like, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about trauma, right? Like being therapists, like we can all, like we're all trained to know, right? That trauma can be unique and a very individual experience, but also trauma can be intergenerational, right? And um, happen on a wide scale, right? And if you just look at the history of people, especially black people in this country, there has been just, you know, a history filled with violence, you know, discrimination with inequality and also, you know, you know, more currently it being all televised, right? So now the world can see it regularly, right? And that adds a lot of stress and anxiety. We know there is research that says that Black and African-American people are more likely to express feeling more stress, more anxiety and depression, but also the least likely to get help. And obviously, you know, we talk about stigma and and it's still like getting help is still seen as uh, a weakness, right? And we can address that there's been a long history of some really unethical practices within the medical and mental health mm-hmm. field within black and brown communities. And sometimes even when black and brown people go get help, there is a likelihood, right, of being discriminated or, or experiencing a microaggression from your therapist. So often it can feel like the odds are really against you. And that's why, you know, as we're talking about, like that's why it's so important to talk about mental health specific to these communities. What are some of the things that you both have noticed when it comes to yourself and even like when you talk to students who have experienced racism, like how does that really affect our mental health? What does it feel like to feel unsafe? It does not feel good. It, um, I think it can contribute to all kinds of detrimental effects to mental health, anxiety, depression. You've heard black people say this, like, can I run? Can I jog while being black? Can I sleep while being black? And And I think it's really scary to think that your everyday life could be affected by racism. And yet that is a harsh reality. And I think black and brown communities have known this for a long time. And I think we are waking up and it, and we have been trying to wake up and I just hope it sticks because I think it just, it has such negative and disastrous effects for our mental health, black and brown people, and also for white communities as well. What is that like to like, know that your colleagues, your friends, your staff, your, uh, that there's a community of people who are suffering and that you may be unfortunately contributing to that in some ways. Like history has not done us any justice here in the United States. We've done a really poor job 
we've erased the narratives of black and brown people in this country. Those that don't experience that day to day, like just physiologically, mm -hmm. right? When you experience a traumatic incident, your brain changes, right? Adrenaline gets pumped, cortisol gets dumped, all of that impacts you, which is why if you don't adequately address it through therapy or your own kind of healthy processing, that reshapes how you think, how you react, how you engage, your, your confidence in connecting with other people. It reshape, literally reshapes your brain. The, the neurochemistry of your brain changes. So intergenerational trauma, the same kind of thing of like, imagine being microaggressed on a regular basis, even if it's weekly, monthly, whatever that is, it, it, like, and that goes unaddressed. It, it, you don't realize the amount of like the stress hormone in your body, right? And how that impacts your heart, how that impacts your, 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 your ability to function. Yeah. Like, you know, your all your, your whole health. Um, like that's the kind of stuff that I feel like if you, as a therapist, if you're not aware of that, you can overlook something like anxiety or depression, not realize that what, what is an underlying feature of ongoing chronic health issues is, you know, grounded in racism or, or being microaggressed over time. And I feel like that's a really important part of maybe hesitations of people, you know, seeking treatment not only because the history of being of being used as a literally experimental subjects right but also like are, are is my therapist is my doctor really going to be able to hear me and understand that it's not just high blood pressure right it's high blood pressure because of 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 these ongoing kind of chronic sociocultural issues that are happening that i've had to endure and how does that you know how is that a comorbid issue with, with my health. So I think that for students right now, being able to see and hear that people are beginning to recognize the impact of that and they recognize their own health. I feel like this generation like is, is more cool with therapy and more cool with like talking out, which is great. Maybe that's because of TikTok or Instagram, but I feel like that's, that's a, a, like an underlying thing of mental health of it's not, it, it's not just anxiety. It's, you know, years and years of this and like your, your brain has, is different. Trauma impacts the brain. It's your limbic system. Like when we talk about racism, there's like one specific mem, well, I have a lot of specific memories of my dad, but I remember one time he and I were talking and I was just asking him about like what it was like for him, like coming into this country. And, you know, he came to the U.S. when he was like 14 or 15. And that was like the mid seventies. And I remember he was telling me, like his first introduction to being understanding what it meant to be black in the US. And he was a grade behind from where he was in Panama. Like, so he came to the US, he's a grade behind. So he's already older than all the other kids in his grade. Mm -hmm. He can't really kind of can get through the language, right? And he gets assigned this partner for whatever project. And the plan is to go to her house. And he shows up with her and her mom was like, this n-word can't come into my house mm. right and mm. can't get the project done because he's not allowed to work with her and i just imagine like now like how traumatic that could have been or it was right in like mm -hmm. your self-identity mm -hmm. like as your you know what i mean just like your self-esteem of like already it's hard enough right i don't speak this language or just whatever the project is right that's difficult and then on top of that right like now I have to worry about who I can be around. The minute you experience racism, it's that reminder that you don't belong 
Hmm. And it's when you continue, it's just always that reminder that you don't belong. It hurts every single time and it wears on you and it gets harder and harder, right? To like put on your shield or your armor to get through the day. I'm going to ask probably a controversial question, but how might you respond to somebody who would say like, well, doesn't everybody's mental health matters? Why, why is it so important? Or what is it specifically about being a person of color that's important to recognize those specific challenges as it relates to mental health? I don't think any of us here would um, disagree to mental health matters, right? Mental health matters for everyone. I think what we're talking about with black and brown communities, there's a visible layer of stress that black and brown communities carry with them every day. And sometimes we can compartmentalize it and sort of go about our business, but sometimes it is in our face and it is blatant, whether it's in the media with someone being killed, whether it's hearing a friend be microaggressed, whether it's yourself being microaggressed, whether you're in class and you're like, the professor's not calling on me. Is it because of the color of my skin? That's what racism does is it puts into us that we are somehow wrong or bad. And I think that is dehumanizing in a way that like you'd have to experience it to understand. Yes, mental health matters for everyone and black and brown students, people, communities are walking around with this invisible layer of stress, stress that is derived from racism and racist practices and structural racism, right? It is affecting you at the core level and physiologically. Like when I am discriminated against, like I cannot ascribe enough to you what that feels like in my body. The questioning, like what just happened here? The shock, the disbelief, the confusion. Imagine if you had to walk around with that and write a 10 page paper. So then what, if somebody is experiencing mental health and they wanna reach out, right? Well, what can they do if it's a friend? That's question number one to both of you. And number two, what are we trying to do here at RIT to support students who, who are experiencing these stresses, who we're trying to kind of close that gap to ensure that we're paying special attention to meeting the needs of our uh, black and brown students, our BIPOC students, our Lana students, every, like, what are we trying to do here? To just like the first part, like, what do you do I'd say the first thing would be like to listen. And I don't mean that in a sense of like being their therapist. I mean, quite literally, like listen to them. If they are trying to talk to you about experience they had, especially as it relates to maybe like racism or microaggressions, like trying, like listening to them and just validating them, being able to say, man, you know, that does suck. Like, I'm sorry that you experienced that. That can be so healing and validating just to begin with, right? Because oftentimes when you try to explain to somebody or try to talk about like a microaggression, like oftentimes you're met with, are you sure that's the way they meant it? Well, maybe you're just taking it like the wrong way. That's not what they meant. Right. Exactly. And sometimes people say that to us because they want to make things better for us. Right. They, they don't want to see us hurt. So they're coming up with other scenarios. So we don't take it the, the wrong way, you know, quote unquote. But the thing about specific to microaggressions, like we know, like we know the, the, the maliciousness sometimes behind it. And it can be really healing just to be heard and somebody saying like, dang, like, I'm, I'm really sorry that happened to you. That, that stinks. Like, what do you need from me? You, you want to just 
talk about it. You want to go take a walk. You want to do something to distract ourselves from it. So that's one. And the other thing is to like encourage, like one of the big things, right, is we're talking about stigma, right? You are not weak mm-hmm. to take care of your emotional health. That is one of the, actually one of the most resilient things you can do. So actively breaking stigma by saying things like, you should go talk to somebody, like talk to somebody more, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, seems like you need a higher level of care that me as your friend cannot provide, <laughs> right? Like go talk to somebody, like it's not, it's not we. And then, you know, what, what we're specifically doing is Odessa and I help run Real Talk. That is a student facilitated like connection group where if you are a, a student of color on the RIT campus, like you are more than welcome to join and, and build community. Because we know that part of what helps with your mental health, right, is building community. Odessa and I run um, Sisterhood of Healing for women of color. Jamie, you've done a whole lot of stuff (laughs) for the College of Science just to help students even be aware and professors too of like what it looks like when somebody is experiencing um, difficulties in mental health. So I think I feel like the three of us have been on this journey to really have everybody else see and gain more insight of like why we need to pay attention to mental health and especially why we need to pay attention to black and brown mental health. We need representation, right? And that's part of what we're doing here is we have three people of color who are saying, hey, we want you to come talk to us. We understand some of what is going on. We are gonna help you name some of the racial trauma. We're gonna help you name the complexity of being a college student on a campus, right? It is so multifaceted, so multi-layered, and that there are these diverse experiences that people have here and like bring your different parts of yourself to this meeting when you come to see us, that it is okay. You know, we've really tried to challenge some of the stereotypes associated with seeking mental health Like for a lot of people, it's still seen as weak and the private stays private in a lot of immigrant communities and a lot of black and brown communities. You don't talk about private matters. That's like mental health is for white people, not for us. It's for everyone. Come talk to us. Tell us what's going on and like, let us help you help you get better. Thank you for listening to Intersections, the RIT podcast, a production of RIT Marketing and Communications. To learn more about our university, go to www.rit.edu. And to hear more podcasts, subscribe to Intersections on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, or SoundCloud, or by visiting www.rit.edu news podcasts.